Well, thank you all so much for being here this morning. Uh, thank you, Brother Coltharp and Sister Russell, for the opportunity to be a part of today. I appreciate that. I'm very excited. So I hope you're ready to engage because this is not one where you get to fall asleep. Now, you may, but it's not my intention that you do that, okay? So but to get us started, hopefully this clicker will work, we're going to play a little game, okay? So if you identify with the item in the stand-up column, I'd like for you to stand up. If you identify with the item in the stay seated, just stay seated. It's easy, okay? So here we go. Are you detail-oriented or big picture? All right. Big picture, okay. Very good, very good. Halfway, I'll take halfways. Okay, are you face-to-face -face or a phone person, like they want to talk, or are you a text, email, send me a voicemail? Yeah, okay, very good. Okay, what about are you more people-focused or task-focused? Huh? You like task? Stand up. Yes, we are learning, aren't we? Okay, are you facts and information, or are you just your gut? You know, it feels something. It's my intuition. That's a tough one. Yeah, I want you to be thinking about this, all right? Very good. Well, it's not supposed to do that. There we go. Are you uh, direct with your feedback, or are you kind of diplomatic? Don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Huh? Diplomatics, very good. The direct people are like, I want to stand up so bad, but I can't. Okay. Are you spontaneous and flexible, or are you structured and organized? Okay. Very good, very good. Now, notice the people you came with, where they're standing or seated. Okay, last one. Are you outgoing and talkative, or reserved and reflective? Okay. Very good, very good. Marvelous. Okay. So, today... Uh, you may be seated. Does everyone have a handout, by the way? You will need a handout for this. Okay. So today, I want to talk with you a little bit about um, unlocking the power of adaptive communication. Uh, I, I titled this, Communicate Like Jesus, Unlocking the Power of Adaptive Communication, because I think if you can take this tool I'm going to share with you today and apply it, it can be really helpful and beneficial to your, your leadership life your managerial life, your whatever experiences you may be encountering working with people, because we all work with people, right? So let's take a quick introduction. We're going to talk about the DISC behavioral model today, all right? That's where we are going to dive into. So some important points. There is no best style, okay? Here in a little bit, we're going to do just a little survey assessment of ourselves but I want you to realize as we go through this, there is no such thing as the best styles. So the D's are not better than the S's and so on and so forth. Everyone brings value, right? If everyone was just like me in the world, I might enjoy it, but it would be a sad world. I believe with you. I right, right, Brother King. It would be a sad world, right? So we all bring value to the kingdom of God. What we do, how we behave, it's based on the value systems that we have, the life experiences that we've encountered over the years, and our maturity. The way I behaved as a 42-year-old man is different than it was as a 24-year-old man when I first got married. Totally different. I've gone through some life experiences. I've had some maturity, hopefully. My wife can attest to that. 
Um, you know, it's, we behave differently. As a 12-year-old boy, I behave totally different. Why? Because I've matured. I've had these experiences. The Holy Ghost leads us and guides us in all truth, right? We as spirit-led, thank you last night so much, we as spirit-led believers, we change our behavior because of the Holy Ghost. The way we acted before we found the Lord is totally different than the way we behave now, right? So the way we behave is influenced off of these different things. So a key to effectiveness that I want you to realize is that you have to understand the way you behave. Be self-aware. I know that I behave a certain way, right? So be self-aware. Number two, you have to recognize that other people behave certain ways. They always do it this way. Why do they always send me the 13-page email when I just want a yes or no? Right? Or why do they just say, that's okay, when I needed more information? When you email Brother Bernard, you're lucky if you get more than a, that's okay, or that's fine. I'll just tell you right now. Um, so you have to recognize people behave differently than you do. Third key is you have to learn to adapt your behavior. That's what we're talking about today. You have to learn to adapt your behavioral style in order to serve, in order to meet the needs of the people that you're working with. Now, one thing that's really, really important is as spirit-led believers, God's word is the final authority on behavior and how we act, okay? So everything that we're going to learn about today, it means nothing if it contradicts the word of God. Remember that. The Word of God is truly the final authority. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 12. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, how? As he chose. The Lord chose you to be where you are, right? And if we were all a single member, where would be the body? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. So we all serve a purpose in this kingdom of God. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. If we can respond appropriately sometimes, we can, with love, we can cover up some issues, not in a way of hiding, but just accepting them, right? He goes on to say, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Why? Use them well to serve one another. Your gifts have been given to you to serve the kingdom of God. That's what they're given for, to serve the body. Jesus said right at the Last Supper, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. We serve one another through love. Can you attest to that? It's through the love that Jesus first gave us that we serve each other. Okay, so we're going to talk about a model of human behavior. So DISC is just what that is. It's a tool, okay? If you use a screwdriver appropriately, it functions well. If you use the hammer appropriately, it does its job, right? So it's just a model of human behavior. But I want you to remember that Jesus is the model for human behavior, so we can learn a lot about how to behave by just reading the Gospels and watching what Jesus did. We'll go over an example of that a little bit later, but 
But that's, that's really, we can learn a lot by doing that. Okay, just a little historical perspective. DISC started around 400 BC with Hippocrates. Anyone ever heard of phlegmatic, melancholy, choleric, right? Or the golden retriever, the lion, the otter. Right? So it's all, it's been around for a long time. It's evolved and changed in the 1920s. Uh, Carl Jung wrote a book. He picked out four things. He named them a little bit differently. Uh, in Europe there in the 1920s over here in the United States, a man by the name of Dr. William Marston. He also wrote a book called, talked about the emotions of normal people. He was the first to coin the term DISC using those letters. Uh, it was published in the 1920s, and this thing isn't working. So what he was interested in was human behavior. What made people happy, right? How do people behave naturally and make them happy? So that's what we're gonna talk about a little bit today. In the 1990s, a Dallas Theological Seminary professor by the name of Ken Voges thought, I wonder if I can apply the DISC model of behavior to the Bible and see if, it, if I can see some characteristics that show up in people's behavior with the Bible characters. Remember, these people didn't know they were Bible characters. They were just human beings <laughs> when they were living. They just happened to have their story written down. Okay, uh, So he felt like he could find it, and he did it uh, in the 19... Uh, 90s and 2000s, he wrote a book, and then in 2016, they created this thing called the Biblical Disc Assessment. Okay, so we're going to do a survey. In your handout, I do want to point out that uh, Ken Voges gave me permission to share this today with you. So we're going to do this handout. It's going to take a little bit of effort from you, but I think you can do it because we're going to do our, uh, we're going to have some fun with this today. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to that page, and then you're going to focus on your natural behavior. The instructions say just focus on how you naturally behave, right? And you're going to apply a rating of one through four horizontally for each row. Everybody with me so far? Horizontally, each row, one through four. Four being the word that best describes you, and one being the word that least describes you, okay? So if you're looking at those words, dominant, influencing, steadiness, conscientious, this person particularly put four, three, two, and one in those, those locations. Now, if you are doing your assessment and it looks like this here, if your survey shows up with one, four, one, four, you're doing it wrong, okay? You're doing it wrong. You're gonna have to change one of those ones and one of those fours. Okay, you're, going to do, you're doing it wrong. So make one of those fours a, a three and the other, you know, the one's a, a two, so on and so forth. So again, horizontally for each row, one through four, each row should add up to the number 10. Because one plus two is three, plus three is six, plus four is 10. So you'll go through. And then I want you to total each column. Each column is going to total 100. When you add up the, the rows for the columns, they're going to total to 120. So you have 12 rows totaling up to 10. Everybody with me so far? All right. I'll give you a few minutes. I think you can do it in 10 minutes. OK? So go ahead.
Again, each row adds up to 10. All right. Then add up your columns. behavior. There's no right or wrong answers, okay? So don't be worried about that. about halfway there. Everybody good? You making it? It's not too stressful, is it? Okay, good.
need to be able to count the 10 12 times, okay? remaining. to move on when it stops so break out the iPhone calculator or the Android if you must some of you may have already verified those numbers with the calculator Check them three times to make sure they're right. That's okay. One minute, one minute, and then we're gonna move on.
seconds. If you're stressing, that's okay. You can finish it while we're talking. All right. Very, so was everyone able to get it done for the most part? Very good. Everything added up to 120 with each of your columns. I like that. Now, I will say, congratulations, you just completed your behavioral uh, survey. You now know, based off your interpretation of yourself, kind of how your results fall out. I will say that if you'd like to have a more scientific, uh, reliable, validated approach, a most or, uh, most or least type assessment would be best. To, to get that. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit later if you'd like to, but we're going to move forward with this. So take those numbers, and I'd like for you under that left column to write the letter S, under the next one to write, well, this clicker is working great, the letter D, letter C in the third one, and letter I in the fourth one, under those, in those boxes. And then on page two, I want you to tally your numbers over into the tally box. Put them in the tally box. All right, just transfer those over. And then we're going to plot those points on your graph. So for this person, you can see they scored a 12 on the D. So if you look at that rating, 12 is kind of towards the bottom on the left side there and the D column. I, 28. S, 38. C, right around 42. All right, and then draw a line. There's your graph. All right, so plot those, draw a line. And then pay attention to the colors. All right, number three, it says, write down your plotting points that are above the midline. What colors are those? So for yours, above the midline, you'll see that's right around the 30 mark. What are those colors? And below the midline. <coughs> Write those colors down. Okay. And then also, what colors are not a part of your style? Pay attention to those colors. So the colors above the midline colors below the midline, and then those colors that are just not a part of the style. So who had the D being the highest number in the group? Just curious. D, D as in dog. Very good. Dog. <laughs> I. Who has I? Woohoo! Woohoo! Yes, that sounds about right. I kind of thought about that a little bit last night with your comments. S. A tide. Okay, very good. C's. Very good. I see you. See what I did there? Um, okay, so we're going to define disc a little bit. I'd like for you to watch this video and just pay attention to it a little bit and uh, listen to how they describe behavioral styles a little bit. Foundation, understanding my behavioral style. We all have a curious nature about ourselves. It is exciting to discover who we are, the blueprint of our behavioral DNA. 
Understanding how God fearfully and wonderfully created each of us adds a new dimension to our lives, giving us the self-awareness to make good choices, develop positive relationships, and get the best results. In this study, you will learn about your unique behavioral style, the way you think and act. Behavioral style is an expression of your identity. It distinguishes you from others, much like your fingerprint. The assessment you complete as you begin this study and the accompanying sessions will give you many new insights into your behavior. You will discover your general behavioral characteristics, your motivators, how you respond to stress, and your usual response to conflict. You'll examine what tends to trigger pride and fear in your life, and how to avoid or minimize those motivators. You'll also learn how God can use your strengths and even your weaknesses to help build His kingdom by loving and serving others. Jesus emphasized the importance of our relationships to each other when He commanded us to love one another. Shortly before going to the cross, He told His disciples, A new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. John 13, 34. Understanding your behavioral style and the style of others can help you fulfill Jesus' command of loving others as He loved them. As you dig deep into this study, you'll also gain insights into the wants, needs, fears, and motivators of biblical characters who share your behavioral style. And you'll discover the main ingredients to develop the loving relationships that Jesus envisioned for each of us. Very good. So let's talk about the styles for a little bit. D, that stands for dominance, right? This is your achiever group. We had our Ds raise their hands a little bit ago. Raise your hands again, Ds. This is our achievers. These are the ones who, who can, they like the, the risk takers. This is the people amongst us that are the ones that like the challenge. They will climb the highest mountain, right? If, if you go out and say, we're going to knock doors on a Saturday morning, and oh, we, I knocked 100 doors. Well, I knocked 200 doors. Right? Uh, or if you're, you know, if there's nothing that they can't do. They love the challenge. They're the competitive. They do not like to lose. Uh, they may flip over the game if they, if they don't, you know, win it at the table, like Jesus flipped over the, the table in the, in the temple, right? So this is the group of people that are your fiery reds. This is the people that love to take risk. All right. Your eyes, eyes again. This is our influencing. These are our charming. These are our encouragers in the group. This is the people that could uh, get up here without any notes and just talk and talk and talk, tell stories and just kind of go through. And, and they are just fantastic in any environment because when they're surrounded by people, they are energized and they are ready to go. This is our sunshine yellow group of people. Okay. Um, now, the S's, can I see those hands again? This is our steadiness group, all right? This is the, the understanding. This is our, the team players amongst us. This is the folks that will be here early to set up chairs for the Thanksgiving dinner and tables. And they'll also serve that dinner. And then they'll also help clean up that dinner and take out the trash. You know, they're going to help do anything and everything they can to help make sure that the team is taken care of. This is our earth green. They're just there. They're the, the salt of the earth. These are the servers amongst us. All right. These are the seas. Can I see the seas? Okay, very good. Uh, this is our accurate group of people. 
This is the group of people that love the rules. You may have heard them say, well, you can't do that because, right? You may have heard them say, well, our policy says you have to fill out a form in order to get uh, the 120 plates, the 120 forks and spoons, right? <laughs> if you were here last night. The, you know, there is a process to everything. They're very analytical. They're the, the cool blue group, all right? And then what, this is how they, this is how the, the different things behave, all right? So with the D, it measures how we address problems. So if you look at your results there, the D addresses how do you address problems and challenges. If you're above the midline, then you're addressing challenges and problems kind of head on. They don't bother you so much. If you're below the midline, typically, you, you kind of struggle with that. You may, you may beat around the bush a little bit. The I, how we handle situations involving people and contacts. So if you have an I score that shows above the midline, you are energized with people. You love being around people. You, are, you, you, you really enjoy that and you are easy with making contacts and, and networking, right? If your I score may be below that midline, it's possible that you struggle with that. And it may take some effort on your behalf to walk up to somebody and shake hands if you're allowed to still do that, right? To, to engage and to interact. It takes effort for you to do that. It just doesn't come naturally for you if that score is below the midline. With the S, that's the steadiness. It's how we demonstrate our pace and, pace and consistency, right? So if it's high above the midline, you're steady pace. You are dependable. You are, I mean, you, you take a lick and keep on ticking, right? It's just going to keep going. You're, you are consistent. We can depend on you to be where you say you're going to be when you're, you're going to be there. And you'll get there no matter what, right? You're consistent below that midline. You may struggle with that a little bit. The C, conscientious, it's how we react to procedure and constraints. So if it's above the midline, you enjoy procedure. You enjoy the constraints and the rules of how to do things. If it's below the midline, you twitch a little bit at that form maybe, right? You struggle when they say, you have to do it this way. If it's above the midline, you're just like, oh, I have to do it this way, right? You, you brush the teeth, and then you shave, and then you, you it has an order, right? There, things go a certain way. You can't brush your teeth with your left hand because that's the wrong way to do it, okay? That's the people above the midline. People below, they're like, I think I brushed my teeth this morning, right? Yeah. Okay, so... We're looking at pace and priority, okay? Imagine this vertical line going up and down that axis there. On the left, you'll see people who are slower paced. So they're okay taking their time, those C's and S's. They're okay spending a little bit more time with a process. On the right side, you have your D's and I's. They like the fast pace. They like things that just happen. You're like, hurry up and get to the next slide, please. All right? These, they just like things to go, to go, go, go. Now, above, let's go up and down with the horizontal line. The Ds and the Cs, that's your task-oriented individuals. Right? They're driven by getting things done. Driven by doing. Right? Below, your I's and S's, that's your people-oriented folks. 
They get energy by being around other people. Now, the I's like being around anybody and everybody. The S's are like being around their, you know, four and no more maybe, right? They like a smaller group. They're more comfortable in that smaller group, but they still get energy from people. Okay, so on page three of your handout, we're going to go through learning a little bit more about each of the different styles. Okay, so your D's. The goal for a D is they love control. Control. They want to be in charge. Where are we going to eat later? We're going to Duke's. That's the answer. They know the answer already, and you're going to go with them. All right? They like immediate results. Where do you want to go to eat? If they ask that question, you say, I don't know. They're going to struggle. They're going to say, what do you mean you don't know? Or the menu is the same at this restaurant. It has not changed. We pick places to eat because of what we want to eat, not so we can go peruse the menu. You know, the D's know what they're going to get no matter where they go to eat. Right. So their their fear, though, is a loss of control. A D struggles when you take their choice away from them. A D struggles when they feel like they're being manipulated. Oh, Lord, I, that's the uh, dispersion of amen. Right. A D struggles. What do you mean? I can't decide. Right? You're going to take that away from me? Oh, no, you, you're not going to do that. Now, what are they motivated by? Progress. Progress. If we, can, if we can continue to make progress, now, it may be a little bit or it may be a lot, but they're going to make progress. Right? They may clear the forest in order to get through somewhere, and they're going to make progress, and they don't care that it took clearing the forest, they made progress, right? It may take 30 years to grow it back, but they got their toothpick, all right? It's big, bold results, right? They're motivated by the challenge. You say, I can't do that? Oh, yeah, I'll show you I can do that. I guarantee you I can do it, and I'll do it quicker and faster than anyone else in the world has ever done it. So their strengths, this is the risk takers, right? These are the problem solvers. These are the people who are confident in who they are. Don't we need people in the kingdom of God like this? Amen, right? We need people that are willing to take a risk. We need people that are willing to say, I'll go to that nation. They've never had a church there. I'll go to that nation, right? I'll go to that city. I'll go to that county. I'll start a work there. Take a risk, right? We need those kind of people in the kingdom of God. Their pride point, now, we all deal with pride. Their pride point is that sometimes they like being the influence point in the decision. They like to be the one that gets to make the decision. And they kind of put themselves in places where they can make decisions. Under pressure, they may be perceived as having a lack of concern. They, sorry, I don't care what you feel like. Right? That's the perception. Under pressure, you know, impatience shows up. So, under stress, these are your abrasive and tough, right? It's like, ooh, that hurt a little bit. <laughs> now, how do these people eat their M&Ms? This is not scientific, by the way. This is not scientific. How do they eat their M&Ms? Right. How do they? Well, yeah. here's how they eat them. They tell another person to go get them and then yeah. feed it to them. Right? <laughs> Some sample presidents. Donald Trump, right? Ulysses Grant, 
Mary Truman. In their strengths, they'll say things like, how about we do it this way? Notice that's a question and not a demand, right? How about we do it this way? Or can you get that finished for me today? Again, that's a question, not a demand. Get it done, right? Because in their weaknesses, they'll say things like, just do what I said. Hurry up. I need that done. No questions. Just do it, right? They're like Nike. Just do it. Okay, let's take a little quiz. Which style would claim this speciality? Get it done. D, very good. Who would claim, well, let's get it noticed based off what you know a little bit. They like to be, they like to be seen. We're going to say it's the eyes. Let's get along. S. Now, here's the hard one. I'll let you guess, Brother Linder. C. Very good. Get it right. Very good. Let's talk about the eyes a little bit. So they love relationships. Their goal is to build relationships because they like approval. They like the affirmation that you like me. <laughs> right? They want to build relationships because they love to have a huge network of people. They love to be the person that says, oh, I got a guy that can do that for you. Or, hey, let me tell you a story about this. Right? So they're all about building relationship and rapport with individuals. Their fear, their fear is rejection or being blamed that, that something went wrong. Right? Or that no one enjoyed themselves or was a part of it. There's a concern that they have of rejection. They don't like the rejection. They don't like for you to say, I didn't, you know, I didn't think that was a good idea. They take that kind of personal. Motivated, positive experiences. The eyes are sometimes defined as living from experience to experience. And they have to be positive experiences. These individuals like to go to fun things. So they like to be a part of fun activities. And they may forget they had an appointment with you because they're in a positive experience right now. So they may have forgotten that you wanted to have coffee with them to talk about something very important. Well, I'm sorry, I was in the middle of something fun. <laughs> what? What's a calendar, huh? Okay. Uh, the strengths, optimistic, appreciation, fun, inclusivity. These are your encouragers. Can you imagine a world without Barnabas? Inclusive, right? Paul the Apostle coming in, Antioch. Barnabas was inclusive. Barnabas was the encourager. Barnabas was the one that says, no, we're going to include him. We're going to involve Paul. He's got a work that he can do. We need people in the church that want to bring others in. We need people in the church that, that are appreciative of the value that the diversity of the body brings to the body. Right? Pride, well, <laughs> they may have relationships that have approval or affirmation. They may surround themselves with people that always tell them they're doing a good job. Under pressure, they're perceived as being very impulsive, a lack of follow-through. We talked about missing that coffee appointment, right? Sometimes they're very impulsive and they forget. Sometimes they say something they didn't mean to say because they're just, just spitting it out, going through the ideas. So, response under pressure, under stress, careless and unpredictable sometimes. Oh my, what are we going to do? I don't know, it'd be okay. We'll just, we'll just do whatever. 
you did what? Right? That you may say that to an eye. You did what? I didn't expect that. Where did that come from? What made you decide that was a good decision? Right? Uh, how did these people eat their M&Ms? Again, not scientific. But they rip the corner off and they just kind of throw them in their mouth, right? They may be tossing them into the air, having fun. Yeah, yeah. Presidents, Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, Mr. Harding from the Roaring Twenties, and JFK. In their strengths, they'll say things like, oh, I've got a story about that, or wait till you hear this. That sounds fun. <laughs> And their weaknesses, they'll say things like, oh, are you, why do you got to be so serious all the time? Right? Can't we just have some fun? Or, I forgot about that. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Which style would, well, there's an easy one. It popped up on you. Uh, which style would welcome your communications to be sincere, steady, and supportive? That's our S's. Who wants you to be brilliant, be brief, and just get out of the way? D's. Very good. Who wants you to be precise, logical, and there yeah, you go, C's, in your easy one? I Be fast, fun, and flexible. All right, let's talk about our S's again. Where are my S's again? Awesome, very good. So, harmony and stability. We want everyone to get along. We want it to be a stable environment. The problem with stability is that unplanned changes causes problems. Key word there is unplanned changes and ambiguity. Right? S's don't mind for you to change something. They just want you to let them know three weeks in advance. <laughs> what? <laughs> we did not talk about this. You want me to sing a special tonight? Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they don't mind change. They just want it to be on their own terms. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So, motivated, helping other people. They like the status quo. Because they don't like change, they like things to stay the same. But they enjoy helping people through that process. They enjoy helping others advance their goals. They enjoy helping people reach what they want to attain. They're your supporters among the group. Strengths, good, good listeners, team players. Don't we need loyal people in the kingdom of God? Right? Don't you want saints in your church that would be there to serve their community, to serve their neighbor? Don't you want a pastor that cares? Hmm? Don't you want someone that is for everyone else too? Now, a pride point they have is because they like to maintain harmony, they sometimes use passive-aggressive behavior to maintain that harmony. Well, you know, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't get this done, you know. Or, well, I guess if that's what you really want to do, we'll, we'll make that change. But if you don't want to make that change, that's okay. We'll keep it the same. But if you really want to do it, you know, we'll do it. But, I mean, it works the way it is, right? Have you ever had someone talk to you like that? <laughs> yeah? You know, I really think your idea is good, but, I mean, think about all the, the issues it's going to cause, right? Okay. So under pressure, <laughs> they're indirect. They're kind of, you know, beat around the bush. Under pressure, they're not going to answer your question typically. Be very indirect. 
and they're going to ignore their own needs. They're going to be that doormat, unfortunately. They will allow themselves to lay down for the cost of the cross. You know, they will just, I'll take it for the team under pressure. All right, so under stress, they're hesitant and indecisive. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go? That's too much stress for me. I can't make that decision. I can't do that. I don't know. Right? <laughs> so, uh, how do these people eat their M&Ms? Well, they eat them one at a time, and they like to share. Yeah, they love to share. Would you like a bag of M&Ms? Would you like one? We've got some more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you need? Yeah. Let me get you a red one. You'll love that. Uh, presidents. <laughs> Gerald Ford. <laughs> Mr. Eisenhower. One of the favorites, Lincoln. And then H.W., and in their strengths, they'll say things like, you know what, I'm good with whatever. Now, that takes a lot for them to say, okay? I'm good with whatever you want to do, or I think I can make that work. That takes a lot for, for an S to say things like that. Now, in their weaknesses, well, I'll do that later. <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know the I mean, Whatever, I don't know, right? Okay. So one more quiz here. So which style would like for you to provide options but let them make the decision? Who wants to make the decision? D, very good. The next one, who is open to new topics that may interest them? I, very good. Who would like for you to explain how you can support them in case a problem comes up? S, very good. Here's the easy one. Who wants you to document it? Yeah, C. Let's talk about our C's. I'm going to see the C hands again. Here's the ride, yeah. No, I, I, they're still thinking about it. <laughs> Our C's are still working on the scores. They're like, well, am I contemplative? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Is this accurate? That's what their goal is, accuracy, right? They want quality. They want it to be done right. There's a right way of doing things. You know, if it's three songs in the offering, we're singing I'll Fly Away. Okay. The Holy Ghost may have moved, but we got another song to do, Lord, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of an exaggeration, right? But they like accuracy. They like it to be done right. They will reread that email that they're sending you 40 times before they hit send. Or that text that you have to hit that little arrow and it goes, right? They're rereading that over, and they will make sure the semicolons where it's supposed to be the commas where it is, and if they meant for it to be an exclamatory statement, you'll get an exclamation point. But otherwise, you're not getting an exclamation point. All right? Their fear, criticism of their work. They cannot handle making a mistake. The biggest thing that bothers a C is when there is that error because they've went through it. They've processed it. They've tried to find all the problems with it in advance before they even shared it with you. And when you find that one misspelled word or when you find that one miscalculated or misallocated whatever, it really bothers those people. That's their biggest fear is that you're going to figure out that they messed up because their work is them, right? Their, their quality is them. They're motivated by correctness and data. The more information that you can give them and the more correct information you can give these people, they love that. Bring it on. Bring it on. 
I am still wondering what the link is to that article you talked about last night. You know, I need that data, right? I will Google that later and hope and pray that I can find the answer. They want the data. They want the information. When you respond with a short, quip answer to these individuals, that is not satisfying to them. They don't want you to get to the point. They want you to explain the point more thoroughly. Strengths, analytical, diplomatic, logical folks. Don't we need people that can think about things? Don't we need people that can say, you know what, there are 613 laws, how can we fit these on two tablets? Huh? <laughs> Exaggeration, okay. But we need people that can figure out the problems. We need people that can be analytical and say, okay, if we're doing a Thanksgiving meal giveaway and everyone's getting a turkey, do we want them thawed or do we want them frozen? How many coolers are we gonna need? How many cans of corn per, per thing? That means we need you know, so on and so forth. The 120 plates thing we talked about last night. You need people in your churches, in your organizations that are gonna focus on the details. You need someone to go file the permit to get the new church sign, right? You don't want to go have a contractor show up and then the city come shut you down, right? You need that detailed person. Now, their pride point is that they like to choose things that can be validated because they have the answer sitting in their pocket. They'll come to you with the question, hoping you get it wrong. <laughs> uh, Jesus wept. Where's that located? Ah, oh, it's like John something. No, John 11:35. Shortest verse in the Bible. That's a fact. You should know that. Two words. Two words. <laughs> They like to be validated, right? Under pressure, though, they can sometimes be critical, sometimes be perceived as aloof, because under stress, they get a little bit picky and pessimistic. Sometimes we can pick apart an idea to where that you're just standing there and it, it's a skeleton. You're like, I thought it was such a good idea, but you just picked my idea apart. You told me everything that was wrong with it. Right? Sometimes, under stress, when you pressure them, they find themselves in that. How do these people eat their M&Ms? They lay them out by color, they count them, and they eat them in order. Okay? There is a right way to eat your M&Ms. Okay. Presidents, Calvin Coolidge, Madison, Thomas Jefferson, Jimmy Carter. In their strengths, they'll say things like, you know what, I've been giving it some thought. I'm, or, I'm almost finished with that. I want to make one more change. And their weaknesses, you know, no one understands me. <laughs> no one, I'm worried about this, right? I've been thinking about this so much. I stayed up thinking about this last night, you know. Okay, so which style would be bugged by someone who acted impatient, autocratic, and demanding? Yes, right? Who would be bugged by that spontaneous, unstructured, dramatic C's? Yes, very good. Uh, the cool, impersonal, or rigid, right? They don't like that. And the D's, the very personal, indecisive, security conscious, the D's. Very good. So here's your Charlie Brown model, very official, right? Very official. Very official. Yes. Charlie's your S, Lucy D. 
Now, this is us going grocery shopping. Now, the D, they don't have a grocery list, right? They're just in there, me want food, right? Find food. Uh, something that can be microwaved or eaten fresh. The I, they're talking to everybody. They know the names of all the grocers. They know all the cashiers, grandkids, right? They know everything about them. The S's, they don't want to inconvenience anybody. We're going to do my own bagging. We love Aldi's because I can just get in. And no one gets bothered by me. And, and I'm just, you know, the, the C's, they, they get a kick out of knowing that when I walk up to that register, it's $38.72 with tax calculated because <laughs> I've got my coupons and everything there. All right. <laughs> so here's a little text scenario for you. So we have someone stopping for donuts. So like, hey, do you want any donuts? And then they say, yeah, where are you getting those from? Can you send me a link or the menu price? Yeah, nice photo. Tony's, hurry up. Who's, who's sending this text? Maybe a D, right? The I, Esmeralda, she says, if it isn't too much trouble, could you see if they have a maple bacon long john? The Ike's like, you know what? That place is good, but have you ever tried donut drive-in in South County? Their apple fritters are on fire. Right? They're awesome. And the D's like, can you just hurry up? Right? Just tell me what you want. It's almost my turn. The line is shortening. I need to get out of here. Right? And then the, I, the, the S is like, if it's not too much to ask, you know, I mean, I, I'll just go without one. You know, y'all know what they have. Get, you get donuts from here all the time. Right? Hurry up. I'm, it's the last chance before I order. The, the C is saying, well, I'm still looking. I can't decide if I want to try something new. <laughs> Your S is saying, well, you know, just get me a plain glaze. I don't want to be a bother to you. Is that okay? Please let me know. The eyes stand, hey, get me two dozen of those apple fritters. He's at the wrong restaurant, you know. The C says, okay, I'll take a chocolate-filled long john. But it needs to be one of the long johns and not those short round ones. Those are not long johns. Those are just stuffed donuts like a jelly-filled. The eye says, I forgot about those. <laughs> they don't have any of those here. I'll get everyone a bunch of donut hoes like me, you know. You can get donuts next time. And then our S friend, we're okay, right? <laughs> okay. So here's some biblical characters. So if you're looking at D's, you got Solomon, Joshua, Stephen, Paul, Eyes, Aaron, Peter, Barnabas, David. Uh, S's, you can see them there. Moses is a C. The ladies in the Bible, Sarah, Rahab, Martha, Abigail. Miriam, Esther, Mary the mother of Jesus. All right, so here's what I want to talk about. We need to understand how to unlock all the information, right? You've been adapting. You've been learning. You've been learning about different people. It's time to adapt, right? So let's talk about Jesus. What about Jesus? Well, he's 100% God. As apostolics, we believe that, right? He's also 100% man, right? But he was sinless. Hebrews says he was attempted at all things, but yet he was sinless, right? So, but as a man, Jesus, he exhibited human behavior. You can see that. He was weeping. He was flipping tables. He was loving on kids. You know, he was dancing around. He, he experienced human behaviors just like everyone else did. So he totally understands what we're going through. This research supports that people who are most effective, they know who they are, right? They recognize the demands of a situation, and 
They adjust their behavior to meet the need. If you want to be effective, that's your secret right there. Know who you are, recognize the demands of the situation, and learn to adjust and adapt to that scenario. Okay? Jesus did this perfectly, y'all. Behavioral adaptability, just so you're aware, it's, it's something that everyone can do. It's not something that only one style is really, really good at. Right? Just because the S is given all the time doesn't mean they're adaptable. Okay? Uh, everyone has the ability to adapt. Everyone has the ability to flow in and out of what you naturally behave into something that you can do to serve somebody else. Adjusting your behavior is the key, but you don't want to lose your identity in the process. Okay? Don't forget, you manage your behaviors. You're the one in control of that. You're the one that gets to decide how you behave. You're the one who gets to decide how you respond to any scenario, right? Style shifting. Know, who you, know your style, recognize someone else's style, and then alter, adapt your approach to meet the need, right? Recognize who you are, recognize the others, alter and adapt. This is what Jesus did. Okay, John 11. You don't have to read all that. That's not for you, it's for me, okay? Lazarus is dead. He gone. Okay? Jesus delays his coming. He's been in there for three days. Martha, here's Jesus finally coming. She runs out to meet him on the road and she says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. She just says that to him. Jesus says, your brother's going to live again. Right? She said, yeah, I know, I know. In the resurrection to come, he'll live again, right? Jesus is like, no, I am the way, I am the life. Your brother is going to live again. I'm going to, I'm going to make a way for you, right? Well, she's satisfied by that, and she goes back, and uh, she finds her sister, Mary, at the house with the mourners. She says, hey, Jesus is looking for you. So Mary goes out to the road to meet Jesus. And while, while she's there, she says, Lord, she falls at his feet. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Exact same sentence in the Bible. Look it up. That Jesus heard from Martha. Mary said to him, literally. And what does he do in response? He's grown in the spirit. He's touched. He says, where have you laid him? And then he wept. He responded differently to Mary than he did to Martha. Right? Two different styles. You have Martha, the task-driven, the one that likes to wash the dishes, the one that likes to prepare the meals and, and get things done around the house. You have Mary, more feelings-driven, sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to him teach. Right? Two different people, two different responses. Both sisters, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Both sisters asked the same, said the same sentence, Lord, if you'd been here. But what did he do? He responded appropriately to the needs of that individual. He adapted on the fly, per se, to meet the need, to minister to that person. Martha, he gave her a plan. Your brother's going to live again. He knew he couldn't do that with Mary. Mary didn't need a plan. 
Mary was hurting. Mary needed a, a Lord that would comfort her, right? Mary needed someone that would show compassion to her. So like Jesus, this is what I'm asking you to do. Respond based off the individual's needs, okay? Jesus continually used different behaviors in different situations to meet the needs of that given situation. Read it through the Gospels. He responded to Zacchaeus differently than he responded to Matthew. He responded to Peter differently than he did to John. He met the need of the individual based off what they needed in that moment. Jesus is our role model, Matthew 22. Jesus says, for you shall love the Lord your God. They're asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, right, mind, soul, and strength. Second one's like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything hangs on love. Everything is dependent on you loving your neighbor and loving the Lord. In the upper room, the Last Supper, a new command I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by what? By love, by love, everyone's going to know that you're my disciples. You're responding to their need and meeting their need through love. That's how they're going to know you're my disciple. So you have the opportunity. You can help or you can hurt. You can help or you can hurt. It's your choice. Every encounter you run into today, are you going to help them or are you going to hurt them? Not maybe their feelings. I'm not talking about that. What I mean is putting a stumbling block, not meeting the need. Are you going to help or are you going to hurt? You get to choose how to alter your life to lead your team and your ministry. No one else has that power over you. Know who you are, know who the others are, and learn to alter and adapt to meet those needs. Okay? So, here's how we can help. If you want to go deeper into DISC, we can do a biblical DISC assessment with you. It's got those most and least like examples. Talk to me about that later. Um, I have a discount code for you if you're interested in that. You have the ability, if you want to run relationship reports between two different peoples that have taken an assessment, you can do that. A relationship report for a couple. You can do a collaboration report for individuals. Um, there's also the ability to run a kid's disc where you can run it for ages 8 to 16 and learn how to adapt to an individual child with their different needs for teaching, all that kind of good stuff. Get some reports. There's a Bible study you can do. But I want to say thank you so much. We're going to go into the application now. We have about 28 minutes or so, I think, for that. If you'd like to receive a free little book, scan the QR code, do the survey for me, and I'll send you that free book. Okay.